Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cryptocurrent. Just one quick reminder. Cryptocurrent is a cryptocurrency and blockchain education platform that's bridging the gap between the curious newcomers who are just discovering the space and the thought leaders who are shaping its future. All opinions expressed by Richard Carthon, the Cryptocurrent team, and their guests on this show are exclusively their own opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Richard, the team, and their guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow his financial advice. This show and any other Cryptocurrent production is exclusively for informational purposes. What's going on, everybody, for Cryptocurrent? I'm Stephen Miller, and you're watching Cryptocurrent Live. I'm joined by my co-host, Richard Carthon. Richard, how are you doing today? Doing great. Crypto's pumping. Can't complain. How about you? Another great day in crypto land, my friend. Um, well, look, if you are a first-time visitor here, please do us a favor. Um, come and make sure that you join us more often. Subscribe, ding that bell. Join us every single week here at 7 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays and Fridays for another Cryptocurrent Live. And real quick, um, just a quick um, intro for you guys that are new. Um, our show, Cryptocurrent Live, covers a lot of the breaking news in the space, as well as we like to break down um, some of these bigger topics so that newcomers can start to understand at a deeper level. Um, and then finally, at the end of our shows, we always do coin calls, where we'll take you through our blue chip pick of the week, our mid cap pick of the week, and our little DGen casino pick of the week. So Richard, before we dive right in, tell me a little bit about what you're seeing um, right now in the market. Just give me a, a little bit of a broad overview. Broad overview. Um, Bitcoin is pumping. So therefore, everyone is watching what's going on. Bitcoin's pumping. Ethereum's pumping. Um, oh, no. Did we lose Richard? Well, I think we may have lost Richard for a second there. Hopefully, Richard will be back with us in just a second. Um, but I think what he was about to say is that Bitcoin is currently pumping um, and we're in really good shape in the market. But let's go ahead and pull this screen up real quick. Um, and hopefully he'll be able to rejoin us in a second here. Oh, is that him? Are you back? And he's back. Wow, man. One heck of a way to start the show. <laughs> you know? The best way, right? Just got to keep people on their, on their toes. So I don't know what, what was heard, but just a quick back overview. Bitcoin's pumping. Ethereum's pumping. More money's flowing into crypto. Uh, and we're seeing Bitcoin dominance start to trick back up. So a lot of people are going to start paying attention to everything that's going on in the market. The big play that we've always been talking about, the potential run up to $100,000 Bitcoin is crucially in play, especially as we look at Bitcoin's all-time highs, which is around uh, 64800 uh, it, it approached it today. So there's a chance while we're even during this call, it could break through that, which would be absolutely insane. So that's what people are looking for right now, which could lead to a lot, a lot, a lot of people starting to pour in even more money. So that's what I'm looking for. But what are, what are you looking for in the greater? In the bigger picture right now, I'm looking for a couple things. The biggest of which is for us to actually cross that threshold of 64. I think it's 64.8 is what we need mm -hmm. to officially hit an all-time high. So I'm looking for that. Um, but I'm really encouraged by a lot of the opportunities that are starting to appear out there. I think that it is very apparent that we're entering this next really big leg up. And I think that it's, there's no better time to start positioning your altcoins and also to be maybe jumping into a couple blue chip NFT projects. So we've got an exciting show today. We're going to get into a whole lot more of this stuff. So what do you say? Want to just jump right on in? Let's do it. All right, man. Well, as you may have noticed when you joined us at the very beginning, today we are talking a lot about protecting your Bitcoin. That is going to be the subject of our Crypto Decrypted segment today. Um, but there's a whole lot of other big stuff, starting namely with this big ETF news. So Richard, let's jump into buy, sell, or hodl. Buy, buy. Talk to me a little bit about this ETF. 
So the big news of last week that bled into this week, last Friday, it came out that the Bitcoin ETF was going to be approved. And yes, indeed, the SEC said, um, we are not going to stop this. So uh, ProShares Bitcoin Strategy ETF uh, went live today, which is huge news, which means that the greater equities market can now start to put some money into Bitcoin. Um, the ETF holds Bitcoin futures contracts and Grayscale's filed to convert a GBTC to a spot ETF, which is all funchy, fancy jargon, which means there's more access for people to get into Bitcoin futures. So right now, Grayscale currently holds about 3.4% of the global BTC and they've been scaling in. Um, I still think Grayscale, when you Go back and look. They're going to be um, uh, the next Warren Buffett's company. It's just going to be massive, especially as it continues to appreciate in value. Um, and it's it's just it's going to be the next pressure halfway, purely from Bitcoin. It's going to be absolutely insane. And um, as we look at this, the Treasury is continuing its op- uh, its opposition to to crypto. However, the SEC. Um, Securities and Exchange Commission uh, decided that they are not going to go after crypto, which is a ginormous win for Bitcoin in the greater crypto world. So why is this important? One, it's making Bitcoin reach new all-time highs. Two, it means that uh, for all those people who are worried about crypto taxes, it looks like the SEC is not trying to really read down your throat right now, which is another great thing. And then three, it means that for the equities market, they've been looking for a way to have that safety that they know that if they hedge against what's going on in the regular markets into cryptocurrency, that would the SEC go after them, et cetera, et cetera. And they, they just got the blatant, no, they're not going to do that. So this could be that exact moment of where we just see an absurd amount of money start flowing into crypto. And today could be the first day of where we see that potential rise up to a potential $100,000 Bitcoin. Exciting news. Yeah, no doubt. And I think that the the two or three things that I want to give a little bit more clarity to our listeners on here is that with this ETF approval, we're talking about Bitcoin futures contracts. So those are the contracts that are already trading on um, the CME, I I believe, which is the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. Those contracts basically are what are in play for, you know, whether or not you want to long or short or, you know, basically purchase an option as to whether or not you think Bitcoin is going to go up or down. Grayscale is actually currently filing to convert their GP, their GBTC fund, which again is a fund into it's that well, no, I'm sorry, it's a trust, it's not a fund. Um, similar concepts, different though, in, in the eyes of the SEC. They're trying to convert GBTC into what's con- what's called a spot ETF. That means that the ETF itself is backed by Bitcoin holdings. So literally backed by the Bitcoin that is held by Grayscale. So it's a really interesting um, situation you have going on here. But Richard, are you buying, selling, or hodling on this? Buy, 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 buy. Yeah. Not financial advice. I would have to agree. Are you, but are you buying um, into the, big, the um, Bitcoin strategy ETF or are you buying Bitcoin period? Bitcoin period. Yep. And so Bitcoin is always going to be a buy and hodl for me, but like news like this, like buy. Totally agree. Let's jump into the next segment. Next up, we've got this really, really incredible news. As some of you who followed the NFT space have uh, come to know, there is this incredible project out there called Artblocks. And in Artblocks, there is what is considered the gold standard. You have ringers, you have fidenzas, and that's the very cream of the crop. So the artist behind Fidenza has just announced that he will be debuting his brand new collection um, as an Artblocks Playground project, which is the tier below Artblocks curated. And it's in partnership with Bright Moments New York. So you're going to be able to actually um, go online to buy a golden ticket, effectively, um, to participate in this drive. Breaking news. Well, sorry, guys. we got to jump ahead for one quick second here. Um, This just came through. Coinbase has officially partnered with the NBA. No. This is absolutely brand new news. Coinbase has officially partnered with the NBA. They're the official crypto partner of the NBA. What do you think? (laughs) Oh my gosh. You want to talk about the NFT play? Uh, NBA top shelf. Sorry. Oh my goodness. This is going to open up so many things. Uh, You're you're talking about players going to start getting paid in, in crypto. You're talking about this. 
okay, this is this is huge. This is massive. I'm oh my gosh, this is a huge buy for me. Sorry. Yeah. Look, this is this is still developing, guys. All three of these are still developing pieces. I want to make sure that we share them right now, though, while the, while the um, press is hot. We got one other piece right now. Actually, Bitcoin is battling for sixty four point eight. By the end of this show, it very well could overtake it. And also, I want to make sure that I call back to another really important piece of breaking news. Richard, in fact, survived his bachelor party this weekend. Um, all three are equally important um, to the cryptocurrency space. Uh, but let's jump back into what we were actually talking about. So with this Fidenza news, talking about Tyler Hobbs and his brand new collection that he's doing with Bright Moments called Incomplete Control. Take that however you want, whether that means that you are in complete control or simply in complete control. Um, it's a really interesting project to me because it's an even more limited release than Fidenza was. Okay, again... Fidenzas are currently selling at a floor of 150 Ethereum. Like, just take that into account here for a second, Richard. Like, that's just disgusting. That's such yeah. an inordinate amount of money to think that you're buying like a piece of art. I mean, you're look, yes, you're buying a piece of art, but ultimately you're buying a like a picture online. It's crazy. Um, so to me, I think this entire thing is going to be absolutely a huge hit regardless of what it looks like. But the entire collection is going to be limited to 100 pieces and it's going to be distributed through this like Dutch auction format. So you're going to be able to go and enter this Dutch auction to purchase one of these golden tickets and the auction will start at 500 Ethereum per token. That means at the very beginning, if you decide that you want to go and purchase one of these tokens for like straight away, guarantee your spot, you're going to pay 500 Ethereum. And it sounds like the most That's ridiculous sick. thing in the whole world, but you've got so many big players out there that are dropping thousands of Ethereum for premier pieces in the Fidenza collection and in the Ringers collection from Dmitry Cherniak as well. Um, so I would not be shocked if these 100 pieces get snapped up really quick, well above 100 Ethereum. But basically, for those that don't know, a, a Dutch auction works really uniquely. You start at this high price point and every five minutes, the price point drops like a specific increment until eventually it gets to a resting floor. That resting floor is the absolute bottom price that the audience would be willing to pay for a golden token. So in this case, that resting floor is going to be five Ethereum. So I think that, that means the auction itself is going to probably go for about an hour and a half and it'll decrease in increments like every five minutes. Um, it's really interesting to me at large um, but what do you think about this right now? It just goes to show that the NFT space is alive and well, and that if you're a blue chip, a, a premier player in the space, this is the type of play that you can make and have a lot of success with it, especially if you're providing value back to your 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 audience and everyone who is part of your community. And it it should be an eye-opening moment for other artists who are thinking about dabbling in this space and start looking. There are a ton of use cases and really good examples of people who are having success in this space. People can start drawing out blueprints and finding ways to get involved. And I think we are going to see even more of an explosion in the NFT space as it relates to true like artists, not just like first up and coming people who are just creating this type of like really exclusive community, but more so of just like true art um, coming into the blockchain. And I think, you know, this is, again, setting the stage for what's to come in this space. Yeah, no doubt. This is another big legitimizing moment for NFTs. And one of the things that I, I did want to mention about this that I think is really cool is that this is actually going to be a drop that is claimed in person. So you're going to be able to go online October 22nd to enter that Dutch auction and bid for the golden token. But you get that golden token and you're going to have to redeem it in person December 9th through the 12th at Bright Moments New York Gallery. Um, so you're going to be able to actually take part in this exhibition and purchase one of those pieces from your Dutch auction token. Kind of interesting stuff. Um, we've seen it a little bit before, but not too extensively. So the fact that Tyler Hobbs is adopting that as his practice for this new drop, I personally think it's pretty freaking cool. Um, but that is what I think about this current Artblocks news. And I will tell you right now, I'm buying Artblocks either way. Um, and again, I don't consider that financial advice. Um, 
in my opinion, <clears throat> when you're looking at the NFT market, it's all so subjective. It's all very personal. So none of this can be financial advice. Take that for what you will. Again, this is a friendly reminder. Everything we bring you here at CryptoCurrent, and especially on CryptoCurrent Live, is strictly crypto speculation and commentary. We're here to give you the information. You decide what to do with it. So let's move forward into the next piece. Richard, tell me a little bit about what's going on with Facebook and um, their recent partnership with Coinbase. So um, everyone's favorite platform to deal with, LOL. Uh, Facebook has partnered with the big player in the crypto space right now, which is Coinbase. Coinbase is going to coordinate logistics of the rollout for um, the Facebook Novi wallet. Um, Novi is heavily reliant on Paxos dollars, so USDP. Um, I'm just going to call this Facebook coin because it's easier that way, so FBC. Um, Facebook chose USDP for regulatory reasons. And the reason being is Coinbase has passed all of the regulatory things needed possible to be able to uh, go and uh, be listed in the, in the stock market and, and has already been through that. So that instead of Facebook trying to go and having to deal through all this, they wanted to partner with someone that they knew already, they weren't going to have to worry about the SEC breathing down their throat. So pretty good, smart partnership. And uh, they're looking to uh, migrate to Diem after regulatory approval. So um, Diem is the true native Facebook token. Um, and so the, the, the Paxos dollars, so there's, you know, there's a couple of different stable coins. You have USDC, USDT, and it looks like um, the, the Novi wallet um, is, which, which again is uh, the Facebook wallet is going to be with uh, USDP, which is going to be the regular stable coin. And then they're going to migrate to Diem, which is going to be the Facebook stable coin at that point. Now, what is this going to do? Facebook, after they roll this out and see how it, it's, it's being used, if they say all of a sudden, for you to do business on Facebook, you have to use Diem, that's exactly what people are going to do. It's not like people are going to be like, well, I guess I'm not using Facebook anymore. Because of the wide, wide net that they have over just the world at this point, they just need to show that people are going to be willing to use it and the use cases for it. And then once they figure that out, they're going to probably one day flip a switch in the next, let's call it, Three, three to 10 years and say that from now on, you have to use DM to do any transaction on Facebook. And essentially, they're going to have enough reserves on, online where they're going to become their own bank. And it's a wild thing to think about. But even with becoming potentially your own bank, or the Coinbase partnership makes sense is that for them to get liquid, now they have a safe means to get that done. So for me, this is a... I don't like it from a lot of different like ethical standpoints and other stuff like that. I won't go down that rabbit hole, but like, you know, for me, I'm, I'm selling this news or hodling. Um, I'm just, you know, there's a lot of this doesn't, again, for different reasons, doesn't sit well with me. Ultimately, will this be successful? Most likely. And is Facebook going to crush it with doing this? Yes. But um, I'm still personally selling this news. What about you, Steve? I mean, look, I have a little bit different of a perspective on this one. Number one, like I can't stand Facebook. Frankly, a lot of social media right now is really just toxic. And I'm not a big fan of you know the way that it's developed. But it's important to recognize the fact that number one, like I can't sell a news when it has to do with stable coins. Um, that's just the way that I see it, right? Like you have so many stable coins out there in the market. And right now, you're insane if you're in stables. I'm sorry. We're in the middle of a bull run. Everything is going to take off as soon as Bitcoin starts doing its thing, which it is in the middle of doing as we speak. But if you look at what they're doing here, if you have any one takeaway, I find it really interesting that their, um, their internal legal counsel has advised them to go with Paxos Dollar. That to me seems a little bit interesting. Now, a lot of people are really, really, really invested in this whole stablecoins argument. And like, you know, the SEC has been saying forever, Rich, like that we're going to be um, out here regulating stablecoins. They want to go after it. Now, that's a whole separate discussion, like why they want to. But what's unique about Paxos dollar is that Paxos is actually completely backed by 
USD that's locked up. So for every single Paxos dollar, there is actual USD backing it. That's the reason why they chose it. Um, so when they're gonna when they say they're gonna move over to DM, I'm like, I don't, you know, sit here and question them for a second. I believe they're going to move over to DM when the time comes. But if you're looking at the bigger picture and you zoom out for a second, like we like to say here, I think that's really interesting because if they decide to regulate, there's far more reason for them to be accepting to a USDP than to to like any other stablecoin. You know, USDT. Our government will never go for that. Magic internet money, they may be forced to go with that because it's a convertible, right? So to me, the news has way less to do with like Novi Wallet and all these other options that Facebook's putting out, has a lot more to do with stables that are okay in the eyes of our regulators. That's really interesting to me. Um, So I'm going to hodl on it for sure. Um, But let's go back to some of those breaking pieces earlier. Was there anything else that you wanted to bring up about this partnership with the NBA or the current pump and challenging the all-time high? Or do you want to tell everybody about your bachelor party? I mean, shit. <laughs> well, we're just going to talk about uh, the Bitcoin challenging. Let's just say the bachelor party was absolutely amazing. Um, you should have been there. Uh, but the challenging the all-time high, today's going to be, I think, a crucial moment. I think it happens potentially by the end of the day. And if not pretty early in, into the night. And after it hits that threshold, what we're going to have to watch and see is when it pumps higher to potentially 65 or 66, if it can potentially push past 66, 67, I think 67 is the next kind of level of potential resistance. If it breaks through that, we're going to see 70. And once we get to 70, that puts 100K on the table. And that is as crazy that's, as that potentially sounds like, $100,000 Bitcoin is still on the table to wrap up this year, which is a pretty insane thing to think about. Um, so I'm just excited for that. And that's what I'm going to be looking out for. Yeah, I think that there is one other piece to this that like, I, I want to mention about the NBA um, partnership and I want to get your thoughts on it. How pissed off do you think Samuel Bankman Freed is over at FTX right now? Trying so hard. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets the NFL with just like all the different stuff he has with like Tom Brady and everything else going on right now. I mean, dude, he got the Miami Heat arena. He got all of like the umpires jerseys in the MLB. He like he's got so much already. And I think he's what he's got. I think it's Serie A or um, BPL. He has a huge sponsorship over there with them. I mean, all of this is insane, but the fact that Coinbase is locked down NBA as the official crypto part uh, platform of the NBA, it doesn't get bigger than that because it's the only sport that's actually growing globally right now. Like, yep. man, I like to me, this is huge. And I don't, I don't yeah. want to be insensitive. They did also sign the WNBA as well. So they've got both leagues. Sorry if I've offended anybody. Moving on. Um, our next segment, what we like to typically do around here on CC Live is make sure that we're educating. So we like to get into a little bit of a segment we like to call Crypto Decrypted. Crypto Decrypted. This week on Crypto Decrypted, we're talking about protecting your crypto assets. So real quick to start us out, um, there's a very famous saying that has been, you know, echoed through this industry as long as I've been in it and as long as Richard's been in it back to like 2017, which says, no keys, no cheese, aka not your keys, not your crypto. Richard, can you explain this to our audience in a little bit more detail and kind of break it down so they can understand it as a beginner? Absolutely. So every single crypto that gets purchased on uh, an exchange, even though it's sitting there and you can get liquid in it potentially, it does not mean that you own the keys, aka that you can do something with it. So for a prime example, a lot of people on Robinhood, um, initially when they were buying um, their Bitcoin, Ethereum, Dogecoin, etc., thought that they owned that Bitcoin. But if you noticed, you couldn't transfer it to another wallet. You couldn't move the money. You would have to simply sell it and convert it into um, another currency or potentially another type of, of trade. So you don't 
own that crypto. You, you may on paper own it, but that's not yours. If you had to leave the country or if you had to uh, go somewhere and show proof of you owning that crypto on the blockchain, you would not be able to do that. So the way that you're able to get your keys is typically through a thing like a wallet. So there's, there's um, hot wallets and there's cold wallets. So an example of a hot wallet would be like a MetaMask. So a MetaMask is um, an Ethereum wallet of sorts um, where you're able to get a lot of different things on there. They, they also have recently allowed you to be able to do like Matic and BSC and a couple of others, but essentially you would send your Ethereum there and uh, before you even set up the wallet, they give you these keys. They give you these uh, special keys that you hopefully are going to uh, go and write down. And I'm, I'm getting a little bit of head, but basically what, you, what you're able to do with those keys is that they're yours. Like if for some reason you left the country, had literally no clothes, but remembered what those keys were, you could go to some electronic device, reinstall your um, wallet using those specific keys, and now you have your crypto all over again. Never in the world has there been a way for you to be able to leave and have that much access to your assets by simply knowing key phrases. So I'm just going to leave it there, and 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 we'll just we'll we'll start there as the basis. Yeah, and I think I think that sets us up proper. I mean, ultimately, that is what makes this one of the biggest, most significant um, wealth generation vehicles ever. Is the fact that it is not just about growing wealth, but it is about maintaining freedom. So that is ultimately why your keys matter. But again, if they're not in your possession, you're in deep shit. So let's talk about some of these ongoing security risks. And the first of which actually ties right back into what we were just talking about. And that's about getting off of the exchange, right? So when you typically buy crypto, there what, there's what's called an on-ramp and an off-ramp. The on-ramp is how you get your fiat basically your US dollar in most cases, onto an exchange where you can then translate that fiat over into a different crypto. Most people habitually will keep their cryptocurrencies on the exchange. There's a, there are a lot of exchanges where that is just completely inadvisable. A lot of people will tell you that some of the top exchanges, it's safe, it's okay. But the reality is, is that when you keep all your crypto on an exchange, it becomes extremely vulnerable. How? Great question, Stephen. Glad I'm having this conversation with myself. Anyway, the big reason why you have vulnerability there is if like, for example, you have the exchange get hacked. All of a sudden, all the assets that you have on that exchange, because they have custody of your crypto, they're vulnerable. If your phone gets stolen and they can get into your accounts and you don't have proper security set up, you're vulnerable. If you have it all secured in a wallet, they have to have access and understand like where your private keys are to be able to send and receive. Pretty, pretty simple right there. The second thing that we have going on here with ongoing security risks is what's called SIM swapping. Now, Richard, I want you to go into this because it does tie into this whole exchange discussion, right? Like, especially if you have Coinbase on your phone. So walk me through what a SIM swap is and how people are getting got here. So unfortunately, a lot of people, when they uh, think about um, one of the security risks that are out there is called two-factor authentication. We'll get into that a little bit later. But one way that you can set that up is like, for example, on Google, if you were to put in your password and then you then have to like uh, prove that it's yours by, it sends you a text message and it says, give us the four character, uh, four numbers or characters, whatever it is. So if you have it set up like that and you sent a text message, what these people will do is find a way to go to a random store, say that they are you and that they need to reset their phone because they lost it or what have you. Someone's going to do it. And then they get in there and because again, all of your... Um, things are set to send a text message to to two-factor authentication. They can just go in there, get access to all of your exchanges, even if you have to set up to potential like hot wallets on your phone, whatever it is. As, as long as it's set up to a text message, if they SIM swap you, they can literally go in there and take all your money. I literally have seen it happen to a friend two years ago back in 2018 um, where over $10,000 was stolen within two minutes. So it is very real. 
Um, there's all types of examples out there. Um, if you have two-factor authentication set up where it sends to a text message to your phone, stop it, go change it, and get another type of two-factor authentication. There's all kinds out there. Um, there's things like um, 1Password, there's one um, Google Authenticator, um, Authy, which is another one. Again, you have options. Find a way to not be sent text messages. It's the easiest way to get SIM swapped. Yep, we're gonna get so we're gonna get to more of these solutions in a minute. Um, but the one thing that's really important to understand about a SIM swap is that the other piece of vulnerability has to do with the fact that most of the time when you're setting accounts up, like you're typically asked to put your phone number in as like backup information, right? If you have a if you have a Gmail account. I guarantee you, you set it up with your phone number as a backup so that they can text you a verification code so that they can basically validate that you're the one that wants to change your own password. You get SIM swapped, they can get into your email. If they can get into your email, they can go and reset any of your passwords. Pretty simple, right? So the easiest way to make sure that all that's off the table is removing that backup to your cell phone and going with a different 2FA method. So we'll get into that in a minute. Let's talk about one of these other um, really concerning cybersecurity risks of how people are getting hacked or getting their crypto jacked. And that is um, seed phrase and private key phishing. Basically, what's been going on online is like a lot of people in the crypto space, when they start getting out in the wild west of it all, like really operating through your Uniswaps, your Sushi Swaps, and even in the NFT market, they are getting messages and um, even you know contact through Discord, for example, where people are um, asking them for their seed phrase or their private keys for a certain reason. My answer to you on this is very simple. There's no reason anybody ever needs your seed phrase or your private keys at all. Just, ever. just don't. Just do not give people this information. This is for you. This is what strictly controls your assets. Do not give it up to anyone. The only person you should be giving that up to is your partner. And that's just for like worst case scenario type shit. So Richard, I, I don't know if you have any stories about like these phishing attempts, but there are I do. freaking hundreds of thousands of them. There's a, a lot. This is actually one that happened to a friend of mine earlier this year. So um, one of the phishing attempts that happened was with uh, Ledger. So Ledger didn't actually get hacked, but what happens what their um, their email base did. So what these people did is they went and they made these super official looking emails that looked like they were from Ledger that said, hey, your Ledger has been compromised. We need you to uh, send in your seed phrase so that we can fix the challenges. And it, again, it wasn't from Ledger. Um, they just made it look very, very convincing. So when they clicked on it, they said in the phrase, um, one of my friends had, um, I think about seven ETH stolen from them. And it's just tra tragic. Dude, that's so tragic. So freaking rough. Like I, just, it, it hurts to like even hear it. But these, these stories are so, so common, guys. And that's why we want to make sure you're aware of them. No one is ever going to need that information from you. They just don't. So let's talk about the next one, smart contract Trojan horses. This is something that is just coming online, especially if you use MetaMask, especially if you use Coinbase Wallet. If you use any of these web-based software wallets, number one, you need to be really careful out there anymore because there are a lot of contracts that basically they'll you know, present an official looking link and ask you to go you know, join this Discord server or go check out this awesome drop. And you'll go and you'll click the link. And all of a sudden, you're going to be prompted to sign with your MetaMask wallet or your Coinbase wallet. Do not just blind sign anything. Okay? The second that you give a signature or you click one of those links, you're presenting a vulnerability. That vulnerability is that your wallet, once signed, can interact with that smart contract. That smart contract is set up to extract every single asset that you have in your wallet. That's terrifying. Richard, have you dealt with any of that stuff yet? So this actually got 
put on my horizon by Cryptogenic um, in a recent interview where he gave me a, a resource where you can go and see all the different places where um, you have open um, permissions with certain contracts. And it was terrifying because I didn't realize just how many places uh, my contract had um, back and forth interactions to. You can go in there and you can turn them off. But it was just a good reminder of if you click on the wrong link, just like <laughs> Steven said, and you let that particular address have access, they can go wipe out your entire wallet quickly. Yep. Very quickly. Yep. All, all the stuff that we've covered just now, guys, is truly the, the crypto embodiment of what you've seen in the Scooby-Doo memes. It is a trap. Okay? Do not fall for this trap. Just simply start securing yourself using some of the following solutions. And that's what we got next. So... The easiest one we've already dove into a little bit, and that's always using two-factor authentication. My preferred method is using Google's 2FA method. So you can download the Google Authenticator app and then start syncing it up to your um, different accounts. So like you can use it with your Gmail. You can use it with Coinbase. You can use it with damn near any exchange. I can tell you that for sure. Um, but you, I think you can even start setting it up for like social media now too. Um, it's a really great yeah. method, and it and when you set it up, that's the best method that you can ever have for taking your phone number off the board. So if you had your phone number in Google and your Gmail associated to your ID on Facebook, remove it, replace it with this, and you're good. Because the only way that somebody will ever get access is by taking your phone out of your own pocket and using Google Authenticator. Because even if they were to clone your phone, they can't pull all the Google Authenticator codes off of your unique device. All those codes live uniquely on your device unless you yourself copy them. So really valuable stuff there. The next one is vaulting your assets. Vaulting your assets is a little bit trickier, but it's extremely valuable. Um, there's two methods for this. The first of which is um, the more complicated of the two, and that's through what's called a Genosis wallet. You can look that up at G-N-O-S-I-S dot I-O, I believe, or you can just search G-N-O-S-I-S, um, and it should bring it up for you. Basically, it's a new method of securing your wallet so that basically you have to go through and validate using two different sources or a multiple you know, array of different sources to validate before your Ethereum wallet can ever send a transaction through. Um, very, very safe way to vault your assets. The other is through Coinbase. So Coinbase has its own vault protocol where you can basically move your crypto into a vault and then to release it from the vault, you need to give multiple factor authentication via multiple emails, multiple authenticator apps, stuff like that. So you're making it more difficult for a hacker to get at your stuff. What's the downside? Very simple. You won't be able to move your stuff to an exchange quick enough if all of a sudden the market's in turmoil. So Richard, based on what you've got so far, what do you think is the better method? So for me, it's a two-factor authentication. The vaulting assets has everything to do with if, you want, if you're just doing the longer play. So for example, for me personally, when it comes as it relates to Bitcoin, I have zero in Ambition, zero ambition on selling any Bitcoin, at least until 2025. I will reevaluate re 2025, but I'm not selling anything. So like to take some of that and go put it in a vault and like just know like, all right, well, I guess I can go reevaluate this January of uh, 2025. You know, that's, it's a good call. But for the rest of it, because even with having a longer term play, if, if it's time to get liquid, I, I want to be able to get liquid. And I can't necessarily do that if it's in a vault. So that's kind of how I look at it. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think that's probably the best method that somebody can go with is like thinking about it in terms of long-term versus short-term. Like a lot of my Ethereum tokens that I've got, I'm not going to be keeping any of those into a bear market. I'm going to be trading out of them because frankly, those are the coins that are going to get hurt the most. So you're freeing that capital up so that you can buy and have you know dry powder on the side during the bear market. You want to be prepared. You want to be set up right. If you secure all the long-term assets that you know that you don't want to have you know, sold, nobody can get at them. You're going to be you know, a lot more protected in the long run. The next one that we've got, um, which 
honestly, like I'm a huge fan of is moving your seed phrase to cold storage. This essentially means that like you can take down your seed phrase and your um, immediate links, like your uh, public key, where you would set the address that you would use to send um, and receive crypto, you would move that to what's called a paper wallet. Literally, you're taking all this down on, on paper by hand. You're never typing it out and printing it. You're just taking it out by hand. And then you're sealing that away in a vault or in a really safe place. I like this method because if you're looking at like true long-term storage, it makes a lot of sense because you know where that location is on the blockchain, but only you know where that cold storage option exists, which kind of also brings us to a hardware wallet. So that right there on screen right now, for those that are joining us via YouTube, we also recast this through our podcast platform. If you're on the podcast platform, come view us on YouTube. We'd love to have you over. But on screen right now, we've got the paper wallet. In the case of a hardware wallet, we're talking about more intricate tech. So Richard, tell us a little bit about hardware wallets and how they come in here. And then we can get into kind of some of our recommendations. So with the hardware wallet, you are literally taking it off of hot storage into cold storage. So all that means, hot means you can get at it, get um, use it and have transactions go like right now. Um, it's it's already like basically on the internet. You can press a button and things are moving. With cold storage, this is something that you're going to have to plug into a computer um, and be able to like put in a whole password and system and then be able to do transactions. So like there's a lot of extra steps and hurdles you have to go over to protect and be able to send transactions. And you literally physically have to own and have this thing with you to be able to send transactions. So it's like the safest way. The only way that someone could hack this is if one, they had your seed phrase so that the one, if they had your password, just your password to your hardware wallet. Um, or if they like didn't have the password to the hardware wallet, even trying to get your wallet somewhere else, they would have to have that original phrase that Steven was talking about, which is hopefully written down on paper somewhere. So they, they first have to find that, take it, put it into a, a, a hardware wallet, um, and then be able to restore it and then be able to do transactions from there. So it is like the most secure, slowest um, way to be able to put your crypto in a secure place. And one of the things that like I think gets a little bit lost on the hardware wallet side of things is that it doesn't necessarily need to be an electronic device. Um, one of my preferred methods, which is again on screen on YouTube, is the ballet hardware wallet. And what it is, is it literally is a steel card that has your public key and your private key um, completely covered on the card. So you have like a, a QR code on the card it displays your public key. And then underneath like a scratch off, you have the private key. The private key is what you need to be able to send. So to me, I think that's a really, really compelling option because it's also fireproof. You know, if all, if God forbid, like your house catches fire and it's where you're keeping your assets, this thing is going to largely be protected. Now, a lot of people, you know, ask the question like, okay, then how did the private key get on there in the first place? Did Ballet end up having to render all these things out? They did. However, in the case of how they create these wallets, they actually use two different facilities that are across the world from each other to create them. They do the private key in one spot and they do the password to send in another. So these two places never actually interact. However, they configure it in a way that is totally secure and safe so that nobody on the manufacturing end can all of a sudden steal your shit out from under you. Um, so to me, I think that's really compelling, especially for Bitcoin, if you're interested in like storing for an extended period of time. Um, but for everything else, I totally recommend using a ledger. I think they're phenomenal um, devices. Um, specifically, the Nano X, in my opinion, is a little bit more, um, I guess, I would call it a little bit future, more future-proof. Would you agree or no? The Nano S is a little more, what? I was saying that, like, in my opinion, I think the Ledger Nano X is a little bit more future-proof than, like, the yeah. Nano S, right? Because, like, it's using a, an older generation of tech. Or do you think that they're both yeah. just as viable as one another? They're both just as viable. They just have different ways of access, entry points, if you will. So, I mean, 
they're both they're both the legit. I I think the S's, in my opinion, might be a little bit safer just because of like you literally are using buttons to be able to put in like different codes and stuff. So like to me, that feels a little bit more secure than just um, having a little bit bigger screen that you're like typing things into. But yeah, they're both what and what. Okay. Well, I guess it's like, you know, six of one, half a dozen of the other. In my opinion, I like them both. I think they're both viable. They're both good. I just tend to lean towards the X. I think it's prettier. Whatever. So look, that's been another edition of Crypto Decrypted. Um, for those that are following at home, if you enjoyed this, do us a favor. Give us a like. Let us know in the comments what you think, how you're securing your assets. And ultimately, make sure that you're subscribed, whether you're following us through the podcasting platform where we, where we recast on Fridays and Tuesdays. Or um, also join us here on YouTube where we would love to be able to see you and interact with you. Because again, we like to hop in the chat and make sure that we're chatting with everybody um, who comes through. Um, so as I'm just quickly checking in um, on our chat, we did have a message from Kane before we move forward. And Kane says right here, Hey guys, great info on keeping your crypto secure. Do you know of any good channels that um, go over day trading crypto for beginners? So... Richard, do you know of any offhand or do you um, have any plans of bringing some of that out here? Yeah. So if you go to crypto-current.co, um, we actually have um, some educational tools on some day tradings and some basic ways that you can read charts and some other great um, inf informational content on there. Um, so I'd first give that a look. Um, and then there are some other uh, good resources um, that exist. We have actually have a couple of different... Um, education platforms that have come on the platform that I've interviewed in the past. Uh, Blockchain Wayne, actually, who is um, the one that does the intro to a lot of the intro videos that we have, he would be a good resource. And he has a couple of different places where he's put out some educational content. So those, those are some good places to start. Yeah, it's a great, it's a really good question, Kane. So thank you for submitting that. Again, if you want to add other questions into the chat, please feel free to. Um, we're here to help you first and foremost. Uh, what we will make sure we do before the end of the day is we will make sure we add that into the show notes. So keep an eye out for that. We'll give you some links there to some valuable um, resources for day trading. Um, but without any further ado, we love to get into this section of the show. It is called Blockchain Bets. Blockchain Bets. On Blockchain Bets, as I may have mentioned at the beginning of the show, every single week we bring you a blue chip pick, which is typically a, a token that's in the top 25 in terms of overall market cap. Then we bring you a mid cap, which is between uh, market cap position number 26 to 100. And then, of course, our little DGEN casino play, our micro cap pick of the week, which is any co uh, coin or token that has a market cap between the 101st position and 300th. Occasionally, I may even throw an NFT in there. Who knows? But this week, um, I am going to pass it over to Richard to share his blue chip first. All right. So we've been talking about it all day. I'm going to keep pumping it up. Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Bitcoin. I think we're about to see new all-time highs. I think we're about to see, um, hopefully, our first taste of 70K. Um, and hopefully, it keeps ticking up from there. So I'm going with Bitcoin. Awesome pick. And... In that similar vein, I am going to be going with Ethereum. Only reason is because typically speaking, Ethereum is what follows Bitcoin most immediately. And if I'm looking at the next week and trying to pick based on the week to week, Ethereum is going to make the most sense to have its natural pump following Bitcoin. Now, do I think that that is a guaranteed thing? Absolutely not. I think there is just as much of a chance that Bitcoin pumps past 75 and it takes us another two to three week delay until we see an Ethereum run. But I do believe that right now, Ethereum is definitely positioned to pump. And I'm excited to see where it goes for the rest of this cycle. Next up, we've got our mid-cap picks. Richard, what do you have for mid-cap? So for my mid-cap, I'm going to go with Decentraland Mana. So um, again, it's in the... It is in the NFT space. They have um, digital land that you can go and buy. You can go build uh, different buildings on there. You can go have NFTs that go into um, the Decentraland land where you can go and display all of your amazing things. And they've been um, having a couple of different announcements that have been kind of festering. And you're starting to see more of the community start to pick up even more now as well. Um, and just... I usually see once 
the NFT space starts picking back up that you see a lot more movement in the Decentraland space. So again, in this next week, because of... Um, I know Steve picked Ethereum and I picked Bitcoin. I think Ethereum's poised to still have a great week. I don't think it's going to be as good as Bitcoin personally. But when Ethereum is doing well, NFT market typically starts to... You see some movement in there. And I think this is a potential good time for Decentraland to make another move up. So that's my pick. Awesome. My pick for mid-cap this week is one that has popped into the top 100, I believe, for the first time um, in its history. But it's been around for a minute. It's called Stacks, and it goes under the ticker STX. I really like Stacks for the inverse reason to Richard and why he's um, you know, kind of thinking about Decentraland. And it's because as we're seeing Bitcoin pump, there are very few projects out there that are trying to interface with Bitcoin. Yeah, there's bridges. Yeah, you've got you know different wrapped Bitcoin mechanisms. But Stacks is doing something that's very novel. They are essentially building a platform to make Bitcoin programmable. So they want to allow people to have their own smart contracts that operate on the Bitcoin network and even allow for them to build dApps on the Bitcoin network. To me, that's really compelling because I think that we're going to start seeing these two pump in tandem um, throughout the rest of this cycle. So as Bitcoin pumps, my theory is that stacks will pump as well. So that's why my mid-cap pick this week is going to be stacks. Now for micro-cap, again, we want to make sure that everybody understands here, we are crypto commentators and market speculators. These are high-risk assets. We are not advising you to invest in them. We are just giving you our thoughts on them. So please... If you are going to invest in them, do your own research and don't get wrecked. Rich, what is your micro cap pick of the week? My micro cap is Porta, which is a Keon. So Keontae recently came out and recently um, repositioned itself under Porta. It's a Web3 based. It's creating its own type of uh, blockchain. So on Web3, where things can be built on top of it. They've been just putting their head down and kind of just building. Um, but they're finally starting to have some opportunities that are coming up that are going to have some unique partnerships and some unique launches that come on top of their blockchain. So um, it's already up, I think, in the last week or so, about 200%. I think it still has a lot of legs left. Um, and it's one that I'm going to keep watching. So I'm going to put that on my choice for this week. Awesome. How about the last one? My last one this week is Bounce Protocol. Bounce Protocol is, in my opinion, one of the coolest platforms that has come out of this recent bull cycle. Bounce is specifically trying to create a mechanism for creators to have like their own unique platform where they can um, buy, sell, and trade kind of like almost an eBay of services. Um, but they just today got announced that they are going to be added to Coinbase. Why did they get listed to Coinbase as fast as they did? Well, because Coinbase themselves have invested in them. If you have never gone out and looked at you know, all the different portfolios of some of these big VC houses like Coinbase Ventures, Pantera Capital, Three Arrows Capital, all of these houses actually list the assets that they've invested in. And if you go up on coinmarketcap.com, you can actually search for the portfolio itself and they will show you what is currently in the investment portfolio of those VCs. We caught Bounce six months ago, right? We brought it up on Clubhouse. <laughs> it's currently yep. up 100% from when we originally brought it to our listeners. Guys, this is a protocol that you want to do some more research into. It's really cool. It's got really big names behind it. The type of celebrity integration they've already got is huge. You've already got DeAndre Hopkins on board of the Arizona Cardinals arguably is the best wide receiver in all of football. He's talking it up. He's posting about it. There's a lot of other big athletes and celebrities posting about it. Check out Bounce Protocol as well. Now, Richard, we talked about this once upon a time about adding our own NFT section. So I want to actually just give the opportunity right now. Do you have an NFT call that you want to bring to people's attention? Kind of like your little just um, plug for an NFT project that's near and dear. Oh, man. Um, well, I'm not going to steal one that I'm, I'm sure that you're going to bring up um, for a lot of reasons. Um, but one that I'm looking at right now is called Block Boys. It's a new one that just came out, um, just being able to rent. They have a really unique roadmap to where if you get in on um, their original, they, you're going to start 
sending out some additional type of NFTs, uh, kind of just building this like ecosystem where you kind of keep building upon. And I think they're also trying to make it into a game. So I like the ecosystems to where it could be put into a game. It could be put into um, just a larger ecosystem where there's like you get these perks for being part of the community and, and other stuff like that. So um, that is one that I'm currently watching. But do you have a project that you want to share? I do. Um, and interestingly, it's not the one that you're thinking of. I'm going to bring that one up in what to watch for um, because there's been some unique news about that in the last week. But my pick this week um, that I'd like to pitch is my little NFT play to maybe eye up is actually the Doge Pound. Um, if you come to me on any other day, I would tell you that you know Doge as a coin is nothing but a dumpster fire impending. Um, I, I don't trust these meme coins as far as I can throw them and it's hard to really throw something that's immaterial. But the Doge Pound NFT project is doing some really novel stuff and is quickly becoming a blue chip NFT play. They've just recently um, deployed their own launch pad. So they're actually helping other NFT projects launch. They are doing additional NFT airdrops. You know, I think they've got a Halloween airdrop coming up and a Christmas airdrop of just like different holiday versions of Doges. And they also right now have a game ongoing that's like Pokemon Go where you can go around in VR and essentially with their little overlay, you can collect what's called Diamond Paws. Um, and basically, if you collect the most time and pause, you will win a Doge. Um, it's been really competitive from what I can tell, um, but it's really interesting what they're doing. They're really doing a ton for their community. And in my opinion, that's what makes an NFT project win. So that's going to be what I've got this week. Um, I really hope that you guys enjoyed these picks. Do us a favor. Let us know what your hey, picks real, are. Real quick. Yeah. Just wanted a quick update. So it's not Block Boys, it's Broke Boys. So oh. the, the ticker is called B Block. That's why I came up with Block Boys, but it's it's Broke Boys. So I just wanted to make a quick correction of mine. And that's boys with a Z in case you were curious. Um, so as we were just heading into, we appreciate you. Let us know what you think in the comments or drop it in the chat. Um, we want to know what your picks are for the week as well. But that's going to just about do it for our normal segments. Let's go ahead and take the screen share off bring it back to these two beautiful faces and get into our final segment before we wrap things up. What to watch for. Richard, at CryptoCurrent, we've got all these interviews and big live streams that we put out through the week. And we also have got a bunch of articles and blog content. But tell me a little bit about the people that you've got on the podcast this week um, for your interview segments. Absolutely. So um, yesterday we just dropped a really, really great interview with Jared Moore with simplifying cross-chain swaps with Sif Chain. Sif Chain is really, really cool. It's an omni-chain and they have some really great things that are coming into the ecosystem. So like Cosmos build, building a lot of great things onto that um, ecosystem. And then this Thursday we have Richard uh, Fedko on how you can scan, analyze and trade all coins on altfins. Um, another really cool project that you can go and check out to figure out how you can start making some really cool trading strategies to make as much money as possible using altcoins. Awesome. The last couple of things we want to bring to your attention is one of the things I tipped to earlier. Um, and that has to do with the fact that we brought up the Boongee project, which is an NFT art play um, on last week's show. And they actually ran into one of the most complicated hacks that's ever happened in the NFT space. They got um, actually thrown... A ton of DDoS attacks and also had their entire server botted um, in an attempt to fish their users. They should have kind of seen this coming, but at the same time, this was like the type of attack that gets thrown at like big brands like Nike and Apple and Microsoft. So they are right now rescheduled to you know launch the Bungie project drop on the 21st of this week. So please keep an eye out for that. But also on, I believe it's going to be um, from Wednesday through Tuesday, the 26th, Chris is going to be breaking down a bunch of really great content here in short form. So make sure you check out Chris, um, Chris's content. I believe that's Crypto with Chris K. Um, just right here on the YouTube channel. It's exclusive for our YouTube viewers. Um, last but not least, I think we had one other piece of news, but I'm not really sure if we got it in here. Hmm. Anyway... That's been Cryptocurrent Live for this week, guys. 
Um, we appreciate you being here. We uh, will be here again on Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Chris, stop putting stuff in the chat. You're interrupting the show. Um, anyway, Richard, we say a whole bunch of crap at the end of the show. And like, I just, I can't right now. So do you, do you want to just say the damn no, phrase? You're all good. Get us out of here. I got you. Thank you for everyone listening. Everyone stay cryptocurrency. Peace, y'all.